Have you spent more years than you care to remember on the diet roller coaster? Do you tend to use exercise as a punishment or as a means of being smaller? Are you still not where you want to be in spite of years of trying? It's actually scarily common to answer yes to all of these questions, and there are plenty of times in my life when I've answered yes to them all too. It feels like so, so many of us are on a never-ending mission to be smaller, to find the diet and exercise regime that finally brings us the confidence we desire, and that we pin all of our hopes on weight loss and toning up as the answer to our problems. And as we rush around in our daily lives, keeping all the plates spinning, it feels like the pressure on us to conform to a narrow and rigid beauty ideal, which also has the habit of changing every few years, is just one more thing that we have to contend with. But getting out of this cycle takes bravery too. But could it be the key to getting closer to happiness and confidence? Today, I want to tell you what I've learned from a life of dieting. Welcome to the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness podcast, bringing you a weekly dose of fitness and wellness inspiration as we explore together how to get motivated and create a realistic and achievable way to stay active within a busy life while stepping away from guilt and the diet roller coaster for good. Together, we'll unpack some of the myths and unhelpful messages from the traditional fitness and diet industry so that you can find a better, kinder, more helpful way to fit exercise and wellness strategies into your life improve your confidence and feel amazing. I'm your host, women's fitness and wellbeing coach, Alex Hubble, founder of ChickFit, mum of two, and a firm believer that exercise and eating well can go hand in hand with chocolate, wine, and lots of rest to create a happy life. You can find out more about me at chickfit.co.uk or head to my social media channels at alexchickfit. Welcome back, beautiful people. So, so good to have you here again today. And in this week's episode, I wanted to tell you a little bit about my story and my journey. And I think it's really, really important for me to do that and to be honest about it, because I think a lot of people assume that because of what I do, I maybe just bounce out of bed in the morning, I'm eager for my next workout, I'm down in green smoothies and being a paragon of virtue. And that is definitely not true. And I think it's really important for me to be clear about the fact that, you know, quite often if you're going through something, I've very likely been there myself, whether you're struggling with diets or a lack of confidence, or maybe you're just really sick of never feeling like you match up. You know, I do what I do because I'm passionate about it, because I am really fired up about helping women to have bodies that serve them, that function well, and that they feel empowered by. Not because I have some weird enthusiasm for exercise gene. I really, really don't. Sometimes I eat a lot of chocolate. Sometimes I skip my gym sessions. Sometimes I look in the mirror and maybe wish my thighs were a bit thinner. And actually, I'm okay with that. Perfection is something that I don't strive for anymore because I know that I would literally drive myself mad by trying. Instead, my only aim is to learn and to keep learning. I learn from my own experience. I learn from the experience of my clients. And I do a lot of reading around the subject as well. And that means that my approach has really changed over the years as well. And I really hope that by learning a little bit about my story, it can help you with any blocks that you're having at the moment, any body confidence issues. And hopefully you can take away a bit of inspiration on how to move into a better place yourself. So. I'm going to go right back to the start. As a child, I lived in Saudi Arabia for about seven years. We moved there when I was about two. My dad had a job out there. We stayed there until I was about nine. And 
obviously it was a really, really outdoor lifestyle. It was hot all year round. You know, we spent a lot of our time outside. And the thing that I loved the most was swimming. I did it every single day. I used to come home from school. Me and my friends would then go down to the swimming pool together without our parents, like at the age of seven or eight. You know, I I can't imagine doing that now with my kids, but you know, that's how it was. It was like a really, you know, it was a really free and happy childhood. And swimming was my thing. I loved it. I did it every single day. I was in that pool all the time. And I sort of, I suppose I really found my sport. Of course, we came back to the UK and it wasn't that easy to go swimming so much. Instead, quite unusually, I found ice skating instead. In the town that I lived in, there was an ice rink and I used to go there a couple of times a week in my little pink leotard thing (laughs) and, you know, get on the skating rink. And again, I loved it. I love, love, loved skating. Sadly, we only stayed there for a year before moving away. And uh, I was really upset that we were too far from a ice rink. But you know what? My childhood was sport oriented. I loved moving my body. I adored ice skating. I loved swimming. It was a really, really big part of my childhood. And then secondary school came. And do you know what? I still enjoyed sport, but I wouldn't say I was that great at it. So I gave loads of things a go. You know, I'd do the netball, I the hockey, I wasn't so great at. Athletics, I, I loved giving that a go, a bit of javelin in the summer. And I tried hard. I was a trier, let's put it that way. I was a trier, but didn't often make it into the first team for sure. But I still gave it a go. I still had that kind of joy of exercise around me. Then in sixth form and at university, I started rowing which actually I was okay at. Again, it sort of felt like I'd kind of found my sport after a few years of not really knowing what I loved. And I really got into that until injury stopped me in my tracks, sadly, and I had to stop for a while. At that point, I started to put quite a bit of weight on. And it wasn't helped by the fact that I was in my final year of university. I was feeling a lot of stress. You know, I I really am a recovering perfectionist. And I found the pressure of uni of that final year really, really hard. I would say that I'm one of those people that has to always put a lot of work in. You know, I'm an intelligent person, but I don't just get A's by reading something for half an hour and then going and doing the exam. I have to work. I have to work to get my results. And so I worked hard. I had a lot of stress, too many weekend takeaways and things like that. And the weight really started to pile on. So by the time I left university and moved to London, I was the biggest that I'd ever been. So I'm not going to go into numbers, but let's just say I was three dress sizes bigger than I am now. I stayed like that for a while, but honestly, I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy with how I felt, how I looked after myself, because essentially I didn't look after myself at all. And then eventually I found the gym, adjusted my diet and started lifting weights. So this was a real kind of moment of change for me because I discovered that I really enjoyed lifting weights. I was often the only girl in the weights room. I mean, remember this was probably, what, more than 20 years ago that I started going to the gym. It was really unusual to see women in the weights room. Most of the women that I saw in the gym were on the cross trainer or, you know, doing the cardio machines, kind of burning the calories. And I did a bit of that. But what I really loved doing was lifting some weights. And, you know, obviously I got the odd helpful weightlifter in there giving me advice on what to do, even though I was perfectly, perfectly capable myself. But anyway, over this period, I kind of, I loved how my body felt. I loved looking after myself, feeling fitter, you know, being more careful about what I ate. And actually, I don't think I really dieted as such. I just went to the gym a lot and the weight gradually dropped off, which was amazing. I felt fantastic. But in my mid-20s, I think I got to a point where I decided that it probably wasn't enough anymore. 
this was the era of Kate Moss and the thigh gap. And when I compared myself to that, I realized I really, really wasn't matching up. Now, you know, I do not have a body that is ever going to have a thigh gap. Even if I was really thin, I probably still wouldn't have a thigh gap. And yet I saw that and I thought, well, I'm going to be needing a thigh gap then because that's the thing, you know, that's the fashion. So what am I going to do? And the only thing I could think to do was to start dieting. And so even though I did not need to diet, I started to do it to try and get thin. And I just wanted to look like the women in those magazines. And that started me on a journey which lasted me until probably my mid to late 30s. So through two pregnancies and the subsequent battle to lose weight afterwards as well. And, you know, it really did feel like a battle at the time. You know, I remember, particularly with my daughter, my weight loss plateaued about four months and I was still breastfeeding. Try as I might, I could not lose that last bit of weight. And it bothered me literally every single day. You know, it it felt like I was at war. It felt like I was at war with a body that was stubborn, that wasn't doing what I wanted it to, that wasn't thin enough, that wasn't small enough. And I was like four months postnatal. It was ridiculous. But, you know, that is the place that I had got to. You know, dieting had got me to that place where I felt like wherever I was, I should always be a bit smaller. There should always be less of me. I wasn't matching up and I needed to keep dieting to get there. And don't get me wrong, I always did lose weight. But however much I did lose, it was never, ever enough. Whatever the number on the scale said, I always wanted it to be less. And so I kept going back again and again. And of course, you do the whole roller coaster at that stage, don't you? Because you're making yourself hungry a lot of the time. So, you know, I would do a diet for a while, lose the weight start to get maybe complacent and start to think, oh, great, I've, you know, I've started to get where I want to go. But I would stick. I would always stick at a point where I just couldn't get past that. And, you know, I couldn't get that last little bit of weight off that I wanted to. I suspect that even if I had, I would have got there and thought, well, now that I've done that, maybe a couple more pounds will do it. And I think, you know, my overriding memory from those years was being hungry and being really obsessed with food. You know, everywhere I went, I was thinking about how many points are in that. Can I save some points for later? Can I have less so that I can save it for later and have a bigger dinner? Can I save that so that I can have wine later? You know, I was constantly kind of bargaining with myself and also at the same time worrying that when I wasn't on a diet, I was just going to lose control and that I was going to pile on the weight. I was going to go back to where I had been in my early 20s and it was just all going to go to pot. But really, it was unsustainable. I eventually got to a point where I was just so sick of being hungry all the time, so sick of the constant bargaining, so sick of thinking about food all the time, weighing myself every day. And also, I started to realise that what the scale said was really dictating how I felt. So essentially, I'd get on the scales every morning and that would tell me whether I was allowed to feel confident that day or whether I should feel fat. So if I'd lost a bit, I could feel confident. I could feel really amazing in myself. If I'd put a little bit on, then I would inevitably feel fat, frumpy, too big. Right, let's put some extra effort in today. Let's lose a bit more weight. And that could literally be a fluctuation of a couple of pounds. It was ridiculous. It was getting me down. Everything just felt like hard work. It felt like hard work. And I still didn't have the confidence that I really, really wanted to have. And so inevitably, eventually, a few years ago, I really decided that I'd had enough. You know, I'd been doing this since, what, my mid-twenties, good 10 plus years 
of this diet roller coaster of never getting to where I wanted to be, of never actually feeling that great about myself at any point. If I did, it was passing. It would be a fleeting feeling of, okay, I feel okay about myself because I lost weight. And then that would change again within days. And, you know, I, I got to a point where I literally, I threw the scales in the bin. I just threw them away. I was so damn sick of them telling me how I should feel. And I was so sick of everything that went around it. that I threw them away. I haven't weighed myself for years now. I have literally no idea how much I weigh. I really, really don't. I could have a rough guess, uh, but I'd probably be off. I'd probably be a bit optimistic about it, actually, and then find out I was a stone heavier. <laughs> so I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But it doesn't matter anyway. Like the scales, it doesn't mean anything. It really doesn't mean anything. So I threw them away. Um, I stopped dieting. And don't get me wrong, this was not an overnight change. I have been tempted so many times to just kind of go, oh, do you know what? If I just lose that last seven pounds, that'll do it. And then I'll come off diets for good. Then th th that'll be the point at which I feel okay. And, you know, I've also worried that people are going to look at me and wonder who the heck is she to be a fitness coach? Because I don't feel like I conform to the images on social media. I've worried over the years that people won't think I'm genuine, that people will look at me and think, well, why should she be telling me what to do when, you know, look at the size of her thighs? And this is something that has bothered me for years and years. And, you know, it's not going to go away overnight. It's something I, I do have to keep working on all the time. And, you know, I really work to make peace with myself and where I am every single day. The biggest thing for me, though, is that my weight has now stabilised. So I have probably put a bit of weight on since I stopped dieting. I mean, it's inevitable really, isn't it? You stop dieting, you're going to put some weight on. But I didn't lose control in the way that I worried I, I was going to, you know. So I, the weight stabilised. I don't know for sure because obviously I've not weighed myself for a few years, but I'm, you know, I'm not having to buy bigger clothes. My clothes still fit me. So I'll, I'll go by that. And I know that I've kind of found a place where my body can actually exist happily without the dieting and the deprivation and the punishment. And I've really had to let go of the dream I used to have of being smaller. I am not as small as I always wanted to be. I'm not as thin as I always wanted to be. And I've had to let go of that. You know, I've had to realised that I had a choice to make. Either I could beat myself up for the rest of my life, uh, constantly working towards being smaller, constantly worrying about the scales, constantly being hungry, or I could make the decision that I was just going to start listening to my body. I was going to start feeding it what it needed. I was going to stop feeling guilt around food and that I was therefore going to have to make peace with not being as small as I always wanted to be. And that is one of the hardest parts of this. But I've also realised that it's worth it because life is so much easier when I'm not questioning everything that I've put in my mouth. I'm not always thinking about food. I'm not always thinking about what I'm going to have next and how many calories are in it. And it, can I reduce the calories? Can I save them for later? And also when I'm not punishing myself with exercise. So I'm not using exercise anymore as a means to being smaller and thinner. You know, I can just enjoy it for how it makes me feel instead. And that's been an amazing change as well. You know, and I do have that little voice inside me that tells me that oh, maybe I should lose a bit of weight for the summer, you know, a painless little quick fix. It'll just take a couple of weeks. It's fine. It's just a few pounds. But 
I'm also far along enough on that journey now to not carry through with that, to put my energy instead into accepting myself as I am right now. And like I say, I'm a work in progress. I'm not going to sit here and say that I get up, I look in the mirror and I love what I see every day. You know, I don't. Some days I'm happy with what I see. Some days I am not so happy with what I see, but that's okay. You know, I don't think that we have to love ourselves unconditionally or anything like that. I think we just have to be kinder to ourselves. And for sure, I am so much kinder to myself these days. I'm so much less hard on myself. And I will always be grateful that I made that decision. I realised that that was the decision that I had to make. And I do feel like I've made the right one. I'm so, so much happier in such a better place now than I was back then. So that's a bit about my story. And I think that probably there's quite a lot in there that you might resonate with, quite a lot about the dieting years that you might resonate with as well. You know, I know from speaking to a lot of my clients that, you know, some of them have been on diets for years, like literally since their late teens, they've been dieting for like 15, 20 plus years and they're still going, oh, just one more diet, just one more diet, just one more diet. They're still working on it. But if you can find ways of starting to let go of that, then I can promise you that eventually you're going to feel better. Eventually you're going to be so grateful that you made that decision and you're going to be able to start to do that work on accepting yourself as you are right here, right now. So what are my big three lessons from this? If I was going to give anybody three big bits of advice on this, on what I've learned from my years of dieting, number one, throw away the damn scales. They are not helping you. The scales may make you feel like you're in control, but you are not. They are. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I cannot let an inanimate object tell me how I'm allowed to feel about myself. We don't want to chuck them away because we think that if we do, we'll lose control. We won't know what's going on. We're going to inevitably put tons of weight on. But actually, when you chuck those scales in the bin, it is literally like lifting a huge weight off your shoulders. It's amazing. It's amazing what it can do for you. So number one, throw them away, get rid. Number two, you have got to work on letting go of the dream body that you have in mind for yourself. It's a really brave step. It's not an easy step to make because everything around us, because we are surrounded by diet culture, is going to try and persuade you that you should never let go of that. But if you want to break free of that roller coaster, if you want to you know, grow your confidence, if you've had enough of doing it for years and years and still never feeling the confidence you want to feel, it's an absolute must. It's not to say that you can't look amazing. It's not to say that you can't go to the gym and tone up. It's not to say that you may not lose weight in the future. You know, once you start listening to your body, maybe miraculous things will happen and, and you might lose a bit of weight. But I think as long as that is your main goal and your main purpose, then it's going to be very hard to break free of that diet culture. So doing a bit of work on letting go of the dream is definitely something you have to do. Like I say, it's a brave step. It's, I'm not going to pretend it's easy, but it, it is something that we have to do. And then number three is knowing that you can trust your body again. Diet culture strips us of that trust. It tells us that they've got the answer. All you need to do is what they tell you and you're going to be okay. Which means that so many of us are really disconnected from the cues and the messages that our bodies are giving us. We don't really know when we're hungry anymore, you know, or we do, but we ignore it and our body gets used to us ignoring it. So it's very hard to then tune back in to when we're hungry and to how our body feels and to how it feels when we eat certain different kinds of food because we kind of follow a calorie count or 
we follow a specific diet, but we absolutely can learn to trust in ourselves again. And it's really important that we do actually. We've got, you know, I, I feel really strongly that I have made a very clear decision that I am not going to allow diet culture to have control of my body anymore, that I have control, that I have to trust in myself. Now, like I said before, this is not an overnight thing. It takes time. It takes patience. You're going to slip back sometimes for a while and that's okay as well. But I can tell you for sure that if you do the work, if you do some of these things that I'm talking about today, some of the things that I have done, then you emerge on the other side feeling much more confident, happier, and actually more joyful about the experiences in life. Like you can go out there and have fun without worrying about what you're putting into your mouth all the time. And also you're a lot less hungry as well. So like I say, I'm not claiming to be on the other side myself quite. I'm still working on myself, but I can definitely say that the diets and the scales just no longer have the hold over me. And that feels pretty flipping amazing. And I want to share that with everybody else. I want to share how I feel with everybody else. I want everyone else to know that they can live that happy, confident life. They can be fit, healthy and strong. And it doesn't have to involve diets and punishment and deprivation. I'd love to know what you think about all of that. Does the idea of letting go of the scales and dieting scare the heck out of you? Are you sick of diets, but also really worried about the loss of control? Or have you had enough? Are you sick of that roller coaster of having spent so many years striving for something that always feels out of reach? And are you ready for a different approach right now? I'd love to hear what you think. And I'd be so, so grateful for all of your reviews of the podcast. I'm absolutely loving being here with you. And I hope that my story today has both inspired you and shown you that even the people who you think should be perfect are in fact just human. Whatever decision you make, whatever choice you make, whatever you're doing for the rest of your day, I really hope that you have taken something away from this podcast episode that you feel that it has, you know, even if it's just made you think, then that is amazing. That is exactly what I'm here for. So enjoy the rest of your day and I'm going to look forward to being in your earbuds again next time. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness. Don't forget to come over and join me on my social media channels at Alex Chickfit for plenty more inspiration.